Stilling, so you can start breaking it down and going, how can I say this paragraph in just one sentence? <laughs> you had to go and pitch it on a stage in front of a live audience. So we're traveling into your pancreas right now. What's going on in there? I just got you to pitch it again and again and again. And I just kept saying, but what's the point? And that's so useful. Like, yeah, just do it again until you get to the actual point of it and uh, you can describe it succinctly. Hi, I'm Sylvie Van Wall. I'm a journalist, podcaster, and the host of the Pill Pop podcast. And today I'm going to give you a masterclass on pitching and piloting a podcast. Hello, and welcome to season two of the Masterclass podcast. I'm Louisa Lim, and I teach podcasting at the University of Melbourne. Every episode, we're talking to a master of podcasting about one aspect of the craft. This week, we're talking about pitching and piloting with Sylvie Van Wall. Sylvie's a former student of mine who was runner-up in the Wheeler Centre's So You Think You Can Pod competition. She then went on to make the Pill Pop podcast, originally titled Chronically Chill, with the Wheeler Centre. I began by asking Sylvie where the idea for the podcast came from. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm going back through my notes and trying to figure out exactly when we decided to make it a road trip. And I think it came about because when we were doing our initial research and we were speaking to people who are chronically ill and contacting a lot of Facebook pages and, and people on Twitter, someone said that there's no roadmap for chronic illness. I don't know if they meant literally like a map for the road, <laughs> but um, that sparked an idea in our minds that, you know, we could make that roadmap in an audio format and it would be a road trip. And then suddenly all these ideas are coming up like, oh, yes, we could be going about in an ambulance, you know, like this representation of of illness that chronically ill people are very familiar with. And then we can experiment with sound and we can be going to lots of different places, but, you know, in a soundscape rather than in real life. So it's hosted by you with your friend Izzy and both of you have got chronic conditions. I mean, maybe what I'll do is play the pilot, and then you can talk about how you made the pilot. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be chronically ill? Maybe you know someone with an illness, or maybe you are chronically ill, and you just wish people could live inside your body for a day. Maybe then they'd get it. So what's going on in that there bowel of yours? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay, well, um, don't mind the mess. You know, I haven't, I haven't cleaned up in a while. <laughs> It's a sudden visit. It's all, I know. Oh, we understand. I know do you how want it some is. Tea? <laughs> I don't have any, but do you want some? I mean, I would like some, but, you know, yeah, I understand. Okay. Well, this show is for you. My name's Sylvie. I'm the co-host of Chronically Chill, a podcast about chronic illnesses by two people who have them. So when I was 18, I had this moment of, oh, oh, this is forever. You don't grow out of this. Like, I always knew it intellectually, but I think in my heart and like my soul I'd lumped it in with like maths and like phys ed and the other stuff that just goes away after graduation and like I thought of diabetes as an elective. I have a disease called ulcerative colitis and Izzy my co-host has diabetes. Our show will offer a frank and funny discussion of life with chronic illness 
aimed at entertaining those who are chronically ill and raising awareness for those that aren't. On the whole, um, the main thing you need to understand is if there's someone in your life with a chronic illness, maybe they're your friend, maybe they're a relative, uh, maybe they work with you, um, there's going to be a time when their chronic illness is inconvenient for you, but it is 10,000 times more inconvenient for them. We'll be getting a little bit experimental, inviting guests to take us inside their bodies using the power of audio for a -a one-of-a-kind chronic illness interactive experience. So we're travelling into your pancreas right now. What's going on in there? Well, uh, what I see is not a lot. There's an old man playing a harmonica. There's, I, uh, I see him, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's, uh, otherwise, it's pretty much a ghost town in here. There's like a swinging, creaky shop sign that says, you know, buy our, our uh, islet cells. That's what they sold, but now they're out of business. And each episode will take an in-depth look at a different chronic illness, guided by an overarching theme. Sometimes it's media representation, diagnosis hell, or illness through the ages. Most importantly, this is an advice-free zone. Unlike other podcasts out there, we're not focused on meditation, dieting, or wellness. We're not doctors, and we won't ever pretend to be. We're just chill. Chronically. Yours chronically. Izzy and Sylvie. I love that energy. You know, there's a lot in there, right? Because you've got um, some sound design, you've got some scripted stuff, you've got some conversation. I mean, how much of it did you kind of sit down and plan and how much of it was organic? Um, A lot of it is organic. I did plan to have, like from the get-go, a segment where we travel inside someone's body and listen to their illness and we called it like the magic school bus segment. <laughs> yeah, and, and the ideas just flowed very quickly when I sat down with Izzy because the, the first time we met up was after they had just tweeted, oh, uh, I want to do a chronic illness podcast and call it Chronically Chill, which, you know, I thought was a great idea. And I thought, you know, I'm chronically ill. I have an interest in podcasts. Let's do it together. We had a, you know, a coffee meetup and then got in the studio the next week and then just started recording we had some some notes like a structure of what we wanted to talk about like we definitely wanted to talk about our own experience with getting diagnosed and how difficult that was and then yeah other than that it was just very organic you know back and forth banter which is I think it's it's natural because we were friends prior to that so we had that rapport built up and I think you can really hear that in the pilot and then I sort of cut bits together based on what the main questions and requirements were in the Wheeler Center So You Think You Can Pod competition. So they had a a submission form online with written questions that you had to answer, um, which I did. And then also I used them to guide what would be in the the demo that they would listen to. And then I re-recorded some voiceover that you can hear there as well that's a bit more professional and very much scripted and just hits all those points like yes we are this we are this and we are not this like I wanted to make sure we we very much defined ourselves by what we were not as well as what we were and how long do you think it took you making that pilot um interesting question because (laughs) it was a while back now I think I think it was probably two weeks maximum yeah I put it together quite quickly talk us through then the process of actually pitching it 
Because after you submitted, you um, got through to the final, didn't you? And you had to go and pitch it on a stage in front of a live audience. And I remember that it was quite a terrifying experience. It was, but it was also really exciting because the the panel were really interested in what we had to say. I mean, obviously they wouldn't have asked me to go and stand there if I if they didn't already like what I'd submitted. So it was a great exercise in yeah knowing exactly what the podcast is about and being able to articulate that. But yeah, a, a lot of preparation went into that. I had a whole bunch of notes written. We met up, as in you and me, Louisa, and uh, yeah, you you helped me a lot <laughs> with going through the pitch. <laughs> well, I just remember that I just got you to pitch it again and again and again, and I just kept saying, but what's the point? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's so useful. Like, yeah, the repetition is not something uh, you should underestimate. <laughs> you know, Yeah, just do it again until you get to, like, the actual point of it and uh, you can describe it succinctly. Apart from practicing on me, did you practice with other people as well? Uh, I might have done a little bit with my partner, but I think I mainly wanted to practice with people who were in the podcasting zone and, <laughs> and were very much familiar with the podcasting industry because those are the people I was pitching to. They were people who knew their stuff. For people who are pitching, you know, from your experience, if you're pitching again now, what would you do? I, yeah, I would definitely still make notes. Yeah, writing all my ideas down is is really essential. Even if it doesn't make sense at the time, I just write it all down and I might end up with like a two or three page Google document. And from there, you know, you can start distilling. So you can start breaking it down and going, uh, how can I say this paragraph in just one sentence, <laughs> you know? And normally you'll find that, yeah, you, you don't need to, elaborate on every little thing you can summarize and it will still be like punchy and make people interested and I mean you were pitching against other people it was like competitive pitching did you learn anything from watching them pitch it was interesting I mean they had such different ideas so I don't know how the judges really were supposed to compare (laughs) all the people in the in the competition because we had we had someone pitching uh, a podcast about about the Earth. It was called Terra, and it was just about you know different ways humans interact with with the Earth and with dirt and and the rituals that we do with it, like burials and stuff. And then the other one was it's called All Ears, and it has been published since then. Uh, and it was about music and how communities come together through music, like choirs football anthems, things like that. So, yeah, all very different ideas and every single person was so passionate about what they were talking about. It was clearly stuff that was very personal to them and so niche as well. So, yeah, having this idea that's, like, personal and niche means that when you talk about it, it just sort of, I don't know, like, glows (laughs) when you talk about it. So everyone was so good. (laughs) So, I mean, let's talk about that whole personal thing because, you know, that's one of the things about your podcast is just how personal it is. I thought I might play um, the part where you talk about how you got diagnosed um, because that's that's quite a personal moment. So what is the colitis diagnosis like? It's it's not that interesting. Up to you. Fine. When I was in year 12, it was getting close to my exams and I started vomiting and then I was still vomiting And then there was diarrhea and basically anything I was eating was just either coming up or going out. But yeah, after about 24 hours of that, we thought, okay, 
time to go to the hospital and I just freaked out because I'd never been to the hospital before. Like I was 18, never set foot inside a hospital unless I was visiting someone else. And eventually I had to be hooked up to an IV drip for saline because I was so dehydrated because I couldn't eat anything and even water just wouldn't stay was just coming out, as I said. Yeah. One way or the other. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pretty unpleasant. And needless to say, I I didn't want to tell any of my friends about that because like, how do you say to like a bunch of snooty 18 year olds, like, Hey, I'm I'm just shitting a whole lot. So I'm in hospital. (laughs) You didn't have like a fun, sexy illness. (laughs) No, definitely not. Oh God, how would kill for one of those. (laughs) So, I mean, your experience of being diagnosed was quite bad because you kept being sent home and got sicker and sicker eventually passed Mm. out and finally got a diagnosis after you know quite a long time what what is it like doing such a personal podcast do you did you ever kind of regret having to be quite so personal on air I don't know if I ever regretted it but it was interesting to learn just how much those memories were still like affecting me you know because the the body does such a good job of repressing that sort of stuff to protect you and then um when you're talking about it in such detail and and the thing was with that first episode we had our our mentor helping us at the time Beck Fari who was just outside in like the soundproof room of the studio and talking to us through our headsets and so yeah she would be prompting with more questions and more questions and that helped us get even more vulnerable and more detailed but yeah I was surprised myself and then and then Izzy when they told their story they ended up crying and you know that I felt bad about that part because I was like I I didn't want to do this to make people upset you know obviously you can hear the tone is quite light and it's more about telling stories that other chronically ill people can relate to and we can have a laugh about it but yeah, I guess you can't you can't deny all the other emotions that come up with that, and that was interesting. So how did you kind of walk that line with your guests? Because every time you're talking about quite painful personal experiences—I mean, literally painful—but also, you know, quite traumatic. Um, you know, did you worry that in revisiting them, you know, that there would be an element of trauma for them, or did you just kind of hope that the cathartic element would outweigh that? Um, no, we we did have things in place to ensure that uh, at the very least we wouldn't be making people uncomfortable. That's why it was important for us to send a, a rough outline of questions beforehand or at least just uh, like the themes and topics we were going to be touching on in, in the interviews um, and then letting people know that they can tell us to stop at any time. Like it's totally cool to just put a hand up and say, I'm done here, like we'll go outside for fresh air, we'll, we'll get water or go down to the 7-Eleven and get a chocolate or something. Um, so yeah, we we knew that was going to be a, a big deal from the start. So we made sure all our guests knew that, you know, it's, it's up to them. They're leading that conversation. And if there's anything they don't want to talk about, that's fine. Just Just let us know. I was interested in the parts where you had sound design, the kind of the concept of the journey. And I thought I might play the moment that you introduced Jacinta Parsons, who's a very well-known broadcaster here. So let's listen to that. So I'm going to put you on a roller coaster. You're sitting beside me. And, you know, things seem okay. 
And as the roller coaster makes its way slowly up your first ascent, you start getting those really uncomfortable feelings in your body. And then the moment where your whole system lurches. And there's a great deal of, I don't know, we'll call it pain in this experience. And there's a lot of screaming as we go down that first run. There's a lull for a moment until we start to rev up again. But the ride never ends. And in fact, it continues over and over and over again. And just when you thought you could get off the roller coaster, no, you will keep going. That's so effective as a sort of our representation of illness. How did you how did you create that? These are my favourite segments of each episode where we get to get really creative. It was, yeah, very collaborative as well. So we'd always warn the guest beforehand that we are going to do this segment where we'll ask you to tell us about your chronic illness as though it's a, a place or something that exists in real life in the tangible space. And we're going to put some sound design in there and, and really bring people into that that world so they can hear for themselves what it might be like. Yeah, and everyone had all these interesting ideas about what their chronic illness might be. And for Jacinta Parsons, who has Crohn's disease, which is an inflammatory bowel disease, um, yeah, she said it was like a roller coaster. From there, it's you know it's up to them to take us through how they feel about it. And then I would normally like take that and edit it together, maybe just rearranging how they said things slightly so it seems a bit more like a narrative. And then, yeah, adding all the sound design in, which was really fun. So mostly I'd be searching for sounds on, like, Freesound. You might know about those websites. And um, playing around with different things like frequencies and, and echoes and stuff. And, yeah, just having fun with it. Like, that was the most experimental part of the show. And, yeah, I really enjoyed doing that. Yeah, and it works so beautifully. And, I mean, when it came to interviewing people, was there ever moments that you felt uncomfortable because of the sort of personal nature of the questions? I mean, you know, did you ever wonder if you'd gone too far? No, you know, there's not a lot that can shock me in terms of chronic illness. And I think that's something that a lot of chronically ill people share. We're kind of used to our lives being derailed. So um, we kind of have like this... Uh, like resilience when it comes to traumatic topics but then again you know I, I I did say before that I felt really bad about Izzy tearing up at talking about getting diagnosed with diabetes but always forgiven and you know I know that it wasn't necessarily my fault it's just something that's hard to talk about but that that was the only time that it got so serious that I thought oh maybe you know maybe we shouldn't do this but it was fine after that. And um, what kind of reaction did you get? Did you feel that you managed to kind of find that audience that you'd been looking for? Definitely. 
from the moment we released the trailer, we started getting feedback mostly via email. And it was really mostly detailed emails about how people had, you know, discovered it by random or like a mother had passed it on to her son and they were listening while they were in the hospital. And, you know, they were just keen to tell us how much it resonated with them and that it felt like having a friend who was going through this with them, which is exactly what we wanted it to be like. So, uh, yeah, the, the very first bit of feedback we got was just like this incredibly heartfelt story from a guy who was undergoing some surgery and, and had been listening to it while waiting in the hospital. And, yeah, we both cried reading that because <laughs> it was so lovely. Yeah, and then uh, we received more feedback <laughs> from chronically ill people or people who were uh, just about to get diagnosed and hoping for, you know, good news and, and even a nurse, a nurse who, who had worked with chronically ill people and, and thanked us for opening her, her mind a bit more to the perspective of, of the patient. Can you give us your two top tips on pitching and piloting? So the first one is finding your niche. So in other words, who is the one person that your podcast is for? And it's fine if that person is just you. I think because the podcasting market is so overcrowded now, it is far, far better for you to have a really unique idea rather than something that's been done before, um, unless you're putting a really, really cool twist on it. Um, so yeah, finding a niche and then just honing in on that. Like, like I said, like writing down all those notes paragraphs and paragraphs and then distilling 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 so making sure you've got you know one paragraph and then one log line just you know you must be able to describe it in one sentence by the time you're ready to pitch um otherwise keep trying <laughs> um and the other one sounds really nerdy but it's don't underestimate the power of a neat google drive folder <laughs> um meaning as soon as you have a podcast idea and you think it's got legs, start logging all your notes in a drive that's like properly named and filed away. Put all your recordings in there and just start recording, like record anything, record voice memos. If you don't have your sound effects or music yet, just like hum something or like, you know, imitate the sound effect with your mouth and record that and log it away. <laughs> yeah. And have a spreadsheet as well. If you've, if you've got guests you want, write down your wish list of guests. It doesn't matter how big or famous they are. you got to start writing it down and start reaching out and contacting because you never know. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Louisa. Thank you very much. The Masterclass is produced by Andy Hazel and myself and edited by Andy Hazel. The original concept is by Anders Furs. Our theme tune is by Susie Wilkins and it's all brought to you by the Centre for Advancing Journalism at the University of Melbourne.